When the day at Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. All the disciples together. They were there because that's what they'd taken to doing. Every week they got together to pray, to remember Jesus, to strengthen each other. They got together just to be Jesus' people together. They had found also that when they did this, Jesus had a habit of showing up among them. So they joyfully gathered, waiting to see what God would do next. It had been 50 days since he had risen. He had already been showing up wherever they went and showing up right in their midst as they gathered. And so they never knew what would happen. But about a week and a half ago, they had watched Jesus go back up into heaven. But they didn't know what else to do. So they just kept gathering. This is the way that they knew how to keep following. And this was the day of Pentecost. It was a Jewish festival. So they did what they had always done on that festival. They got together. They came together as God's people so that they could be thankful for what God had given them and hopeful for the future. And as they were gathered suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And I can't tell you how many times I have read these words. But somehow this year, when I read those words, the rush of a violent wind, it caught me off guard. In the midst of these disciples gathering, the Spirit showed up in a violent way. Because this is not a tame spirit we're talking about. This is dangerous stuff. You don't encounter a violent wind and tongues of fire and remain still. These are things that mess with your life. These are things that can obliterate any plans that you had. These are things that change your future into something that is barely recognizable. When wind and fire show up, your life is changed. And the same is true of this spirit. It is a power beyond us that compels us to do things that we don't always want to do. I mean, the second that fire and wind swept in, those disciples started preaching about Jesus in all sorts of languages, and I don't think that's really what they had planned for that day. And I think when I was reading this year that that violent wind caught me off guard. Because this year, I just wasn't sure I was ready for something like that to come near. I mean, I want to be ready for the Spirit. But there are many days that I don't know that I am. Because frankly, a lot of things in life are going pretty well right now. And even the parts that aren't going so well, I'm at least used to. And I really like order. And I really like knowing what is ahead of me. But when the Spirit comes in, we have no idea. I don't know what the Spirit is going to do to my life. 
I mean, after that Holy Spirit had blown through the disciples in that upper room, everywhere they went, they were marked as people whom God was at work in. And then the Spirit made them so passionate about Jesus that they left their homes behind to preach and to heal in foreign places. In those days in the early church, they started sharing all that they owned with their brothers and sisters. And they started taking care of widows and orphans. And their lives were turned upside down after the Spirit blew through. And I've got to say, I'm not always sure I'm ready for that. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes as close as our own breath. And that means that the power of God meddles in our lives. It challenges us to do what we didn't think was possible. That spirit nudges us to care about those that we don't have time for. It calls us to trust in things that we cannot see. And that spirit gives us courage to follow after Jesus to actually do courageous things like he did in order to bring that life that Jesus promises into the world. And the Spirit does all this when quite often all we really want to do is go about our regular lives and just be pretty decent people. So I'm not always sure that I'm ready for the Holy Spirit to show up. even though I love the stories of Jesus. And I love Jesus' example. And yet there's something about the Spirit that makes us actually live out those stories in our lives, and that's harder work than I always think that I'm capable of. And it's more excellent work than I often think my regular old self can handle. But the funny thing about the Holy Spirit is it doesn't seem to care about what I think or what any of us think. The Spirit just calls us into holy adventures because our God cares more about the life of the world than about our personal comfort. And God will use us to bring that life, will encourage us, and will even compel us to do the work of Jesus. And then in the midst of it, that Holy Spirit will equip us and strengthen us for that work. I don't think I'm ready for that work, and yet I can't help but know what an awesome privilege that is to have a spirit that works in us to give us power, to give us the drive to bring life to others, to be filled with a passion in our lives so that we're not just going through the motions of the day, what a privilege it is to be used well for things that matter, things that bring God's kingdom more clearly in this world. It's terrifying, but it is also amazing to watch the power of God at work through our very regular, ordinary lives. But how do we always recognize this spirit when it comes? How do we recognize that it is truly the Spirit of God when there's so many other voices in the world? I can only speak for my own life, but I have found that the Holy Spirit tends to work 
in nudges and in persistent calls for us to step out of what is comfortable for what for the sake of what is God's dream for our world. And these are some ways that I have found to recognize that work of the Spirit. Now, for one, the Holy Spirit is always the Spirit of God. So it is only going to call us and equip us to do things that are of God. And these are usually the same things that God has been doing since the beginning of time, just often in a new way. And that means that we need to know the stories of God in Scripture so that we can better recognize this work of the Spirit when those same things happen again in our world. We recognize the Spirit when we see God doing what God has always done, when people are being fed and healed, when people are being set free from things that have power over them, and when they are finding God's hope in the midst of horrible moments. I think when we know how God has acted in the past, we're more ready to recognize the work of the Spirit, calling us to that same work in the future. And then we get to keep our ears open for holy nudges, those ideas that grab hold of us and won't let us go, even if they're a little crazy. And sometimes the Holy Spirit nudges are those moments where everything seems to line up and fall into place to make it possible for us to do God's work. That's certainly how it worked out at a church that I served in Virginia. They had a close relationship with the Episcopal Church in town. And one summer, the Episcopalians were having their kitchen renovated, and they asked if they could use ours so that they could cook a meal for those in need. Now, a funny thing about cooking, it tends to produce a lot of wonderful smells, and those smells brought us over to the kitchen. And that's where we learned about this meal that they cooked one Wednesday a month, and they brought to four motels in town where people were living. And those smells also got us to get in the van with them one day and drive along as they delivered that meal. And we found that two of the hotels that they visited were only five blocks from our church. And that meant that there were people literally in our backyard who were hungry. And we had a working kitchen. And we had people who could cook. And we knew that this was the kind of thing that Jesus did all the time. He fed hungry people. And it became incredibly clear to us that the Spirit was knocking on our door. Now the social ministry team had no intention of taking this on because their plate was too full. Um, so the youth stepped up and they offered to cook the first meal. And then there were two chefs with flexible schedules that just appeared and came to help. And then we found that there was a retired pastor in the congregation who apparently had done food service in college and was eager to do it again. Money appeared where it usually didn't in order to pay for the meal. And then our quilters baked more cookies than we could possibly give out in one day. And that day, we got to meet our neighbors by sharing dinner with them. And the way I know that the Spirit is at work is that that meal hasn't stopped. This was eight years now. Soon other congregations stepped up to cook on the other Wednesdays. And then the Homeless Outreach Center asked the church to have the meal in our social hub. 
and now every single Wednesday. That church building is filled with food and with hospitality and with love, as well as with a whole lot of folks that that church never would have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. This is what the Spirit can do. And it is beautiful and a holy privilege. So when the holy nudge happens to us, that idea that keeps coming up and won't let us go, we get the privilege of listening. When a voice happens that echoes the work that Jesus had always done on earth, and those echoes those words that you've read in scripture. And when the community of God's people joins into something like they were just waiting to be asked into this work, that is the Holy Spirit in our midst. That is what it does. And you can choose to ignore that voice and stay safe. But I've got to tell you, that doesn't always work. The Spirit is persistent. You can try to ignore it. Or you can give up your objections. And you can jump into the work that the Spirit calls you to. Trusting only that the Spirit will guide you. And little nudges and in the voices of your community. You can give up your objections and trust that the Spirit will empower you to do greater things and more courageous things than you know that you are capable of. Following this voice of the Spirit is a way of life that isn't easy or comfortable, but it is awesome to get to see the power of God come through our hands, to be empowered to do things that we didn't think that we could do. And it is amazing to see life and healing and love blossom through our hands. This is the joy that Jesus says will be with all of those who follow. And I tell you, people of Salem, not all of you know this yet, but Pastor Jake said I could say it. Your congregation council has taken the step to join with other churches to begin sheltering homeless families through a group, through a group called Family Promise. Now, I happen to also be on the steering committee for that group, and I rejoice in your boldness in this. You are going to get to embody the welcome of Jesus to families who desperately need it. And you're going to get to join with other neighbors in Christ while you do it. You won't be doing this alone. You are going to get to be a community that risks loving those that you've never met. And I tell you, this is work that you don't jump into because it's the logical thing to do. This is work that you take on when the Holy Spirit nudges you and empowers you. And it is a holy adventure, as all things that the Spirit calls us to do are. I know that the Spirit is at work in the life of this congregation. And whether we like it or not, the Spirit is at work in each of us too. It is scary. It is uncertain. But it is a holy and precious gift to have the power of God calling us to follow and empowering us for the work ahead, the work of bringing life and healing to the world, all in the name of Jesus. Amen. <coughs>